I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to a week four edition of Rams All Access. It's 3-0 Arizona, 3-0 Los Angeles for the second week in a row. SoFi Stadium is home to the only undefeated showdown in the National Football League. And Marco, if it's anything like last week was in terms of star power and electricity... Cannot wait to be back there on Sunday. Oh, I hope so. I, I saw all those uh, celeb faces. I hope they weren't there just for Brady, right? I hope they showed up for the Rams. And I hope you know you made a you want to make a return trip. This is going to be fun. Yeah, three and zero. Oh, that sounds good. Say Mc, that as much as you want. McVay said that's what professional football in LA is supposed to feel like. Yeah. I really felt that way too. I asked him. I don't think I've asked you like which one of those celebrity sightings made the biggest impact on you. There are a couple of fight guys, and I know you're a big boxing fan. Uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. I was like scanning the stadium, like where is he? I need to go up and shake his hand again. That's the guy. Mike Tyson was there, but I'm afraid of him. Um, Right behind me during the game was Dwight Howard. He was sitting in the box right behind me for the entire game, and I gave him the wave. And, you know, just uh, seeing LeBron James with Carmelo Anthony. I'm a basketball fan. That was cool, but it kind of like freaked me out because there's Draymond Green, too, in the same room. Wait, you're not supposed to do that. We're too close to basketball season. But, yeah, that was cool. Lots of celebs, lots of people, and it was exciting football. That's what it's supposed to be like here. Dr. Dre, the cast of Ted Lasso. Have you been up on Ted Lasso? Did you hear the crowd? The crowd went nuts when they showed up. Well, I've got, I've got the big old cans on, so I don't really have a good gauge of it. Did they get the biggest ovation? The crowd went berserk. I'm glad. See, it's not just us that like the show. It's everybody. Now, LeBron had to have the biggest ovation, right? Uh, I thought Doc was bigger. Dr. Dre was bigger. But when that, they played okay. his music, that yeah. wasn't fair. Yeah. They could play his music. He can rock. I don't. Does LeBron have an album yet? <laughs> Please don't rap. Anyway. <laughs> a movie. He has a movie. He does. We did see Space Jam. I liked it. It was good. I like the teaching point from McVeigh this week on the Coach's Show saying that we just have to learn not to put the big celebrities up on the infinity screen when the Rams are on offense because it's dis- wow. disruptive. I had a funny story. I was going to say that when McVeigh said that. Uh, when I was in St. Louis, this is when Mark McGuire was hitting all these home runs oh, and yeah. our offense was struggling bad and we're finally moving the football. Big third down. All of a sudden, our home crowd just erupted when we have the ball and we fall started to lose the game. <laughs> no, it's like, like, what happened? Well, Maguire hit another home run. I'm like, couldn't you guys wait? <laughs> Everybody was listening to it. It was funny. Yeah. That's amazing. So it wasn't they put him on the screen that they updated his home run total. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of love this week for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, let me just run through some of the, the items. Number one in just about every power ranking, new Super Bowl favorite. Cooper Cup is the uh, September player of the month. Uh, in the NFC or the NFL. Matthew Stafford wins his second NFC Offensive Player of the Week honor in, in three weeks. Is it all too much? Is it too much too soon? Like, I get kind of worried about these things. Uh, No. I mean, look, it's a lot of expectation, a lot of pressure come from outside. But you know, you, you talked to Sean McVay. You've seen the guys. This stuff is, is, is on the outside. They're only trying to get better. So, this is just one step in the journey to being great. So, no, not too much. This is where you're supposed to be after beating the defending champs. You're supposed to get all this love. Now, what you have to do now from this point is back it up every single week because it is bulletin board material for your next opponent. But all that stuff doesn't matter. 
Uh, it, it really doesn't. It's it's fun to talk about, but I don't think Cooper Cup's going to slow down or prepare any different because he's player of the month. Hmm. If anything, I, I think it's only going to make him prepare harder. You know, this is a team that's led by guys like Aaron Donald. Uh, when you make $100 bucks, you actually get better, not go the opposite way. So there's a lot of positive influences in that locker room that uh, a few pieces of ink aren't going to change how you pre- prepare for your opponent. You hinted that there might be a target on the Rams' back moving forward, not just because of the record, but because of their sizzle, right? Like a chance to come to Los Angeles and play in a big market, in a big game in front of maybe some people you admire is that a real dynamic here moving forward that Los Angeles is going to be one of the places where pros around the league want to come win oh it's funny you're you're a baseball guy when a guy's got a no-no going and your guys up the bat you don't tell him get a hit you tell him to wreck it <laughs> I don't care about the hit I want to wreck this guy, this guy's day so of course so you're you're a yeah. no bunting when there's a no hitter active kind of guy Actually, I'm, I wreck the thing. I don't care what you oh, do. Okay, yeah, yeah, get on base. Wreck his day. Uh, no no-hitters on our, our field. But, yeah, I mean, when, you, when you're when you facing the team that's hot, of course you want to be the one that cools them off. You want to get the victory, number one. Every team wants to win. But, of course, you want to be the team that knocks off the best team in the league. Let me force another baseball comparison on this, okay? I wouldn't say I'm really concerned about it, but... You know, when you have success like this, it becomes a personality management situation. We saw that last week with Deshaun Jackson, right? Everything. Oh, you mean the 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 route he took to the end zone? Well, oh, that. N- well, go ahead and address that oh, if you like. Saying, no. no, no, go ahead. But okay. more just like, okay, so here's the baseball. It, yeah. When you got a pitcher on the ropes, there's a battle at the bat rack, right? Like yeah. everybody's getting hits. You're batting around. Even on a great offensive day, there's always one guy in a lineup who's you know sh- taking a shower, hitting the bus that day, being like, "Dang, I didn't get mine." <laughs> right. I was zero for four with three strikeouts with the rest of the lineup. So Deshaun Jackson was kind of that guy two weeks ago. He got his against the Buccaneers. What I sense a lot of this week, not from Robert Woods specifically individually, but for those who love Robert Woods and own his jersey and maybe have him on on their fantasy team, is okay. We appreciate what Cooper Cup is doing, but. Can Bobby Trees get some of this? Oh, yeah. Um, and it's coming, and it's coming in a variety of ways. You, look, Robert Woods is always going to get his, either uh, running the route tree, catching passes, or they can just hand it to him. He's always going to get his. But Cooper Cup going off, Bobby Trees has his imprint on that as well. If he doesn't run those routes correctly and run those quote-unquote screens correctly, Cup, Cup doesn't get open. And, and you have to do it right or it's a flag on you. So, yeah, I mean – Anything that any receiver does to get open, it's because the other guys are doing their jobs as well. So, But you know Robert Woods is going to get his. And isn't there an opportunity, too, like now that you've established, hey, Van Jefferson can get vertical on you. Deshaun Jackson still has that top-end speed. Cooper Cup is the player of the month. Tyler Higby scored a touchdown. Like, There's a lot to keep track of on defense, and sooner or later, Robert Woods is going to slip through the cracks of oh, your defense. Yeah. He'll get in there. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I think his... Is how many one touchdown right for Robert Woods? Yeah, that last one against the Bears. The and it toe was tap. It was sensational, spe- spectacular. So it's going to be there. But when Matthew Stafford is as hot as he's been, and when when the offense takes takes control, and you can almost do what you want when you want, you can almost pick your shot. So there's going to be other days like that, and it will be a Robert Woods day. So. I don't think I, I like when guys get frustrated. I don't like when they get mad. You know hmm. what I mean? Yep. Get frustrated. You didn't see the ball today, but just know when your time comes, catch the rock, make plays with it. In respect to Cooper Cup and his weapons in total, and how they continue to spread the love and make sure that everyone gets their piece of the pie. Sean McVay was asked this week about the start that the number one receiver in the National Football League is off to. 
Well, I think we've got other players that you've got to defend, too. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, Cooper's done an outstanding job maximizing his opportunities. But when you've got Robert Woods, you've got Van, you've got Deshaun, Tyler Higby, Johnny Munt's more than capable to make his plays as well. And then our backs are capable receivers. And so I think you want to always make all five eligibles come to life. And the versatility of, of where he's at and where you can place him. And he's just a great football player. And he's played really well. He's done an excellent job maximizing those chances that he's gotten. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's kind of on a week-to-week thing, but I think Matthew's also doing a great job of getting the ball where the coverage dictates. Sean McVay there on his quarterback, Matthew Stafford, and also the start that Cooper Cup is off to. And I saw Robert Woods after uh, Cooper Cup's touchdown uh, pass where Robert Woods did create the separation. He created the pick. And the entire team runs over to Cooper Cup to give him a high five because he scored. And I could see that Robert was like, hey, you know, I had a hand in that. There's a little bit of frustration there, but there's no guys throwing things like dang throw the ball to me it's just this is a function of the offense we scored if we score we win so everybody wants to score that's why they're here but there's only one football out there guys and you can only throw it to one guy at a time with marco far i'm jb long this is rams all access still to come we'll have four down territory with our weekly trip inside opponents territory we'll also hear from matthew stafford his take on the offensive line and the man at the center of it all but let's get into nfc west competition the arizona cardinals at three and zero come to town i find it interesting to marco that collectively i think they've you know racked up something like nine wins they've got the best point differential of any division in football and that's with seattle stubbing its toe a couple of times falling to one and two but they have not gone head to head and so you can't help but love this week and really the next two weeks because these four teams will only play each other over the next two weekends and by that point i think we'll have a very clear sense of who's in the driver's seat and whether or not this is a division that can produce three or even four playoff teams somebody's gonna fall you know, somebody's going to get knocked down off their high horse. Uh, I doubt it will be the L.A. Rams, and that's just not the homer talking to me. I think just watching all these teams on tape, especially Arizona, uh, I think Arizona, like coming back from behind against Jacksonville, it's great. You got the win, but you had to come from behind against Jacksonville. Coming from behind against Jacksonville, a young football team with a young quarterback and a, basically a rookie head coach at this level. So uh, there's a lot of issues there. Uh, I think the Rams have a chance to really, if they keep getting better and progressing like we're seeing on both sides of the football and special teams, I think they have a chance to really take a stranglehold of this division. It's still tough for everyone else in football to play the NFC West, but I think the Rams have a chance this weekend to really stake their claim for the top spot. And it's really two games in five days. You combine it with the Thursday night road trip to Seattle, and there's a scenario in which the Rams are 5-0 and and in total command of the NFC West and maybe – and also prime position for the buy and the one seed in the NFC, or you spin it the other way and you play two games and you're on the losing end of both of them. And from three, and oh, you're at three and two with a long week before your trip to New York. Yeah. That's, 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 that's where you, you don't want to be. And this is the thing I like about Sean McVay. He's cognizant of all that. He's cognizant of, Hey, look, it's incremental. It's one step at a time, one plate at a time, but he's also smart enough to compartmentalize. Hey, look, this is how the schedule shapes up. If we can get through Arizona and then get by Seattle, how do we look for the rest of the year? I mean, that is thinking macro. That is how you win championships or at least put yourself in position to win championships. I know this bubble can be burst on any given Sunday, excuse the cliche, but there's just a joy and a celebration to playing football right now for these guys. Like I can't help but watch the reaction to a missed <laughs> Buccaneers field goal at the end of the first half or a 75-yard Deshaun Jackson touchdown on third down and long. 
like offense, defense, kicking game, they're all celebrating each other and they're having so much fun. Part of it, sure, is maybe having fans back. Uh, winning makes everything feel good. And I know it can all change at a moment's notice, but there's no grind to it right now. Oh, there's you know grind. What I mean? There's work. Believe me, there's work. Oh, no, no. I'm not yeah, saying yeah. there's not work, but... There's grind. But here's the thing. This is, the, this is what Matthew Stafford has brought this football team. You drive in L.A. traffic a lot. What's the one guy that always has a smile on his face? It's the guy driving the Ferrari. As soon as this thing opens up, I'm gone. You know what I mean? I can have a great time. I have a great stereo system. There is no problem. This is what having a good quarterback or a great quarterback on your side feels like. You're never out of a game. No matter what comes to you, you still have a chance. Even if you play your worst football on game day, you still have a chance to pull one out because of that guy. And really, we haven't seen that yet. The Rams have trailed for two minutes and a couple of seconds following that botch punt in Indianapolis. Otherwise, they've been on the 405 and right. the Ferrari and the, the driver's seat. That's right. <laughs> Coming up, we'll get into some one-on-one matchups. We'll break it all down between the Cardinals and the Rams. Coming to SoFi Stadium for Week 4. This is Rams All Access on 710 ESPN. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oh, he's been great. He's, you know, he thinks like me, you know, which is great. Uh, Thinks like the quarterback and he sees things the way I see him. Um, You know, he's... He's making protection calls as I'm thinking them and saying them. Um, you know, we kind of work together. You know, we talk through things at the line of scrimmage. I think that's the way it should be. Um, you know, and, and just have a conversation up there about what we want to do, how do we want to try to accomplish the, the, you know, the goal of the play and uh, go from there. Matthew Stafford on his center, Brian Allen, who's been one of the early pleasant surprises for the 2021 Los Angeles Rams. I think he's pro football focus's number three graded center. But the point is, coming off a week in which he faced Vita Vey and Ndamukong Sue couple of chores in the middle he once again held his own yeah brian allen has been i thought he was good before he got hurt and then since he's been the start of this year he's been exactly what you think he should be he's been smart in protection uh he listens to matthew stafford if there's a debate uh matthew stafford gets the nod if there's if they're at odds but as far as being physical he's quick he can get to the second level, and he's stronger than advertised. So if he gets positioned on even guys like Vita Vea, mm-hmm. uh, you're not just going to run through him to get to the ball carrier. So as long as he keeps out quicking guys and gets to the right area, I think he'll be just fine. But yeah, uh, he's everything we thought he would be as a starting center before he got hurt. So uh, with this group, with Andrew Whitworth, it takes a lot of pressure off him. That's your leader. All you have to do is go out. Uh, make sure it's communicated, the, the the signals are, and then be a feisty, nasty center in the National Football League. I, I missed this because I was on my way to SoFi to get ready for our game, but I guess on the Fox pregame show, Terry Bradshaw had to sit down with Stafford. Did you happen to catch no, any of that? No. The gist of it was, or at least one of my takeaways that I wanted to talk to you about, was Stafford saying, like, you know, he's he's played great through three weeks. It looks like he's been in this offense his whole life, but he hasn't been. And he had a whole bunch of different offensive coordinators, so he's got a depth of 12 years of experience coming from Detroit. But he said this offense was hard. Like Bradshaw asked him about coming to L.A. and learning this in one offseason. He said it's hard. It's the most complex that I've ever been in. But he's making it look easy. And so my, am I right to characterize it this way, that yes, McVay's offense may be complex. It may require a lot of you in terms of mental processing. 
But once the football is in his hands, it's been easy so far for Stafford because everything in terms of his statistics uh, and career numbers is like light years better through three games in L.A. Uh, I guess at times they've made it look easy. Um, You know, they had their way with Tampa Bay in the second half, especially throwing the football. I mean, there was nothing Todd Bowles could do to disrupt Matthew Stafford unless somebody broke free up front and just made a miraculous play, and that wasn't going to happen. So, yeah, I mean, in this offense, I guess it's going to be tough because of all the thing you're you're asked to do as a quarterback. I mean, there's so much body control you have to do just to make the play go, and then just deliver and then deliver the ball on time where the receiver needs to get it. So there's a lot there. But I'm glad you mentioned the Cooper Cup thing and and listen to Matthew Stafford talk about how they see the game. And it reminds me of Chris Carter when all it takes is a look. I know we have this, mm-hmm. and I know this is what is called. But do you see what the defense is doing? I don't think he can cover me from here. And this is all nonverbal. This is just a look. So a half step to the right, the ball comes out, you're in the end zone. You know what I mean? So that's the stuff that Sean McVay will say, hey, look, what was that about? Well, Cooper told me he had it, so I believed him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Great. Let's add that in next time. I guess my point or my thought process is, it sounds silly to say since he played with Megatron, but he's enjoying more open throwing windows, like more yards of separation for his targets, more yards after catch once his his targets hang on to it, fewer drops from his receivers than he ever had in Detroit. And I don't think the Rams have really even unleashed the full force of their running game, their efficient running game, like they'll be able to. So the best may yet be to come in terms of Matthew Stafford. But I would also love to know, like if if you sat him and Sean down, like how much better are you going into week four than you were week one against the Bears wow. in terms of your, your moving yeah. in lockstep and understanding the field the same way? You know, if he was at 101, course level in week one I gotta think he's at graduate level in very short order here. I, I think there's more I think that's what you're saying there's more to this offense more to him and more to come but uh, as we move along watching Matthew Stafford play or from what we've seen the data we have already is definitely he can run this offense and I think it's also challenging Sean McVay to extend his playbook a little bit more because now it's almost limitless. We have a guy that can do just about anything, and it seems like with the addition of Deshaun Jackson, there's not a spot on the field that you can't hit. So there's nothing that's off limits with a quarterback that can throw it anywhere. So here's, I'm glad you said Deshaun Jackson because that touchdown to me like says it all. They were about to go three and out. They were in third and ten. And I think in previous seasons, not that this is an indictment on anyone in particular, but that's a bubble screen. That's a perimeter throw to a receiver. You take what you can get. Maybe it's a give up run. You punt and play field position. They're letting Matthew Stafford drop back and sling it. Right. With total trust that he's not going to make a bad down in distance, a terrible situation. He's not going to make it worse. And I mean, when an opposing defense has to cover Deshaun Jackson right. on third and 10 on a go ball. That's that's got to strike fear. Well, yeah, I mean, there's no rest period for the defense. Uh, you, you you never got them. Uh, you know, I guess if you got the Rams in third and long, you get any team in third and long, with the exception of the elite quarterbacks, you feel like you got them. Yeah, you've pared down their playbook. Yes, this is different. I mean, you can strike from anywhere at any time, and you have guys that can go get it. Now, the only issue I have with that play to Deshaun Jackson is, can you just run straight through the goal line, you know, and then... 
have some fun. That's his first touchdown back in L.A. I get it, but just, you know, just let's just run through the goal line. <laughs> and then we can celebrate and have a good time. The other quarterback coming to town thinks he has a pretty good uh, claim to maybe the best quarterback in the league this season in terms of MVP candidacy. You know, he was among the favorites in the first half of last season, I think, as well, before he got that AC in his shoulder. And, you know, really, I think my mind's eye is is disrupted a little bit by the fact that we didn't see a healthy Kyler Murray in either of the Rams head-to-head games against him. And that one in the season finale in particular, he was out for the better part of three quarters with a playoff spot on the line. Right. So I have to kind of take that and put it in a different category because almost everyone else's experience against Kyler Murray is that he's been sensational. I mean, seven touchdowns, uh, a rushing score in each game. Like This guy's legit, and he may be playing his best football yet here in year three. Well, okay, how do I say this politely? Um, I think he's had... Say it rudely first. He's had it easy until this point. This will be different. Through three weeks, not through two years. Through three weeks. weeks. He's had it a little easy. Um, He's been able to pick and choose when he runs. And they've been effective. This is funny. Uh, The Rams' offense is kind of one of those first-down-a-minute offenses. I think their their possession time is 27 minutes per game, but they're getting 20 first downs a game, and they're scoring 30 points a game. So that's they're scoring fast. The Cardinals are a little bit different. Uh, They're holding the football for more than 32 minutes a game. So – they're running the football and throwing it behind Kyler Murray, uh, but this will be different. You'll be tested. You're going to have to move around this week because of what's coming at you. Three or four of those minutes each week are just him playing Frogger back there, Exactly. Right? And- <laughs> yes, that's what I mean. I mean, this, this will be a little bit different, but uh, they have a pretty good run game. I like their running backs. Uh, Kyler Murray has been able to, to supplement that run game and just keep the defense off balance, but Chase Edmonds, John Connor, they're big, strong guys that kind of pace the offense and keep the defense honest and gives Kyler Murray a chance to kind of sit in the pocket, survey, play Frogger if he has to, and throw the football. Well, this will be different. This is a Rams defense that's fully capable of stopping the run and then getting pressure on the quarterback. So if Kyler Murray is going to be MVP, whatever that video looks like, it's going to have to look like that this Sunday to beat the Rams. Chase Edmonds, James Conner, those backs. How about at receiver? Because we'll talk about this coming up on four down territory. But without Larry Fitzgerald, I think there was certainly a void in leadership and locker room. But there was an opportunity for this receiving core to become more electric, more dynamic. And I think that's exactly what they've been. Even with DeAndre Hopkins, questionable going into last week's game, less than 100%. Like you mix in Rondale Moore, this rookie from Purdue, Christian Kirk motivated in a contract year, AJ Green trying to recapture his former All Pro form. So far, so good in that regard. I mean, this presents you know last week without Antonio Brown was similar, but this might be the best collective receiving threat the Rams secondaries had to deal with yet. One hundred. Um, AJ Green going down the middle of the field. I don't care who you are. That's a problem, and I don't care if you're a quarterback as short or shorter. If you're Baby Yoda, they're calling Kyler Murray. You can't miss A.J. Green running down the middle of the field. But, yeah, this receiving core uh, is a problem. And I remember going into last week worrying about the Rams' secondary, David Long Jr. in particular. We didn't say his name that much. Yeah, I mean, I thought the Rams did a pretty good job in in coverage. And Taylor Rapp and Jordan Fuller have been great back there as safeties, giving help. Uh, communicating. I think everyone's on the same page in the fact that you can move Jalen Ramsey around. But I agree, man, this is going to be tough. If And you're, you're always one Kyler Murray uh, scrambling for a first down, keeping a drive alive away from this game really becoming a problem. So if it is a situation where Arizona is dictating to you and you're not getting enough pressure – 
this is a receiving core that can give you problems. Real quick question yeah. on Jalen Ramsey. There was a, a moment where he was running vertical hip to hip with Mike Evans last week, and I think you and I are both like, okay, that's kind of what, especially without AB, that's kind of what we thought this game plan would be like. Let him ice the opposing best receiver. With Hopkins, we've seen that happen in previous years. But by the same token, we also saw Jalen from the slot blitz Tom Brady and create havoc that way. And is there a school of thought where it's like, you know, he might be our best chance of tracking Kyler Murray down in the backfield. So let's use him that way again this week. I liked it. Unleash him in the backfield. He's got speed. He's There's a chance he can get the ball out. But it just means someone else has to be on right. D-hop. When you need a stop on a guy, you put Jalen Ramsey. And there were times when they left Evans alone with Darius Williams. And Jalen Ramsey took away the other side of the field. So, yeah, he's a problem for quarterbacks. He's an issue. So, But if you need to, let's say, slow down a guy in Arizona, slow down a DeAndre Hopkins, that's where number five belongs, and that's where he goes. Coming up on this edition of Rams All Access, four down territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. What's the latest on the Arizona offensive line? That's still ahead on 710 ESPN. Welcome back to Rams All Access. Week 4 edition, the Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams in an undefeated showdown at SoFi Stadium. It's time for Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. Pleased to have Dan Minucci as our guest this week. He covers the Cardinals on the talk radio side in Arizona. He also has a unique connection to the Los Angeles Rams. Dan, we appreciate you joining us. Tell us about uh, Bryce Perkins, your relationship with him, and how excited you are to see the uh, Rams keep a third quarterback this season. Well, first of all, guys, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Bryce, I've been training this young man since since ninth grade. Uh, I've been working with him on his on his mechanics, uh, on quarterbacking. Because you guys, as you know, is an outstanding athlete that became a good quarterback. So the thing with Bryce is the whole moniker. Well, he's just a, he's an outstanding athlete. And what we worked on is him becoming a very good quarterback that is just happens to be an outstanding athlete as well. So just a hardworking young man, very, very smart, uh, diligent at what he's doing, and just love to see him blossom during the preseason with all the things you work on over the years. You know, stay in the pocket, go through your reads. Uh, when you when you take off, keep your eyes up to feel, look to throw first before you take off. And uh, just so excited for this young man because, guys, he's an outstanding young man. He's an even better young man than he is a quarterback. Let's put it that way. Oh, I completely agree. And so glad to have Bryce Perkins still inside the Rams bubble. All right, this is Four Down Territory with former NFL quarterback Dan Minucci. And let's keep the conversation centered on your quarterback expertise. Who do you think is a better bet for MVP this year, Kyler Murray or Matthew Stafford? Oh, my goodness gracious. Right off the shoot, huh, JB? No soft um, starts here. I will say this. They're, they're both, uh, I'm not going to be politically correct, they're both playing outstanding football. But what, what I'm seeing in Matthew Stafford right now is, is another gear in his game. I'm watching him with this offense, with Sean McVay and all the tools and weapons around him, taking it from a fourth to a fifth year, even sometimes a sixth year. He's always had the ability. He's always had the arm. He's always had the talent. Now, I'm seeing a confidence. I'm seeing a, 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 an understanding of what he's doing. And, J.B., in just a short time of understanding this very complicated Sean McVay, John Gruden kind of offense. But for right now, I, I like Matthew Stafford uh, in the lead by, let's just say, a length at this particular hmm. time. Well, Kyler Murray has a chance to take the lead in that conversation with his performance at SoFi Stadium this weekend. And, look, Dan, we all love and respect Larry Fitzgerald on and off the field. But is there a school of thought where this offense looks a whole lot better with A.J. Green and rookie Rondell Moore? 
I will say yes to that. Now, you miss the leadership, you miss the hands, you miss the position guy that Larry Fitzgerald is. But now, I think a lot of that, though, JB and DeMarco, is that you're saying Kyler Murray read the field and not have to rely on a, a Larry Fitzgerald or a D-Hop, a DeAndre Hopkins. With his understanding of the offense and seeing defenses, he's spreading the ball out. But to your point, yes, I think we're seeing more continuity. Uh, I see him stretch the field more. He's going vertical. He's going horizontal. And a lot of that, guys, is based on because I really think that Cliff Kingsbury is doing a better job of play calling. He understands what he can and can't do. He's got more balance. That combination with Kyler Murray reading defenses properly now and spreading well off that has helped immensely so he doesn't have a a crutch, so to speak, in Larry Fitzgerald. All right, this is Four Down Territory, and Dan Minucci is our guest. Question number three has to do with the offensive line in front of Kyler Murray, and I thought Rodney Hudson was one of the great acquisitions of the entire NFL offseason. But last week, Justin Pugh and fellow guard Justin Murray each left the game in Jacksonville with back injuries. So what's the state of the offensive line in Arizona as they prepare to face Aaron Donald and company? Well, and also Kelvin Beecham was, was a little nicked up as well, too. So you look at Pugh and Beecham and Murray, it's all questionable. I, I think that they'll all play. But uh, to your point, Rodney Hudson has been the absolute godsend for this offensive line. And, and to your point a little bit, too, JB, is you, you're, you're seeing you saw continuity, you're seeing chemistry right now. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if they move maybe move Jones to left guard and maybe move Murray to right guard. There might be that going on, but they're hoping they're hoping that they can bring these guys all back for this game because I got to tell you what, that's been a huge key as far as them running the ball effectively, giving Kyler Murray more protection so Kyler can have success in the pocket and not have to roll left or roll right because with this Rams front seven, especially Aaron Donald, they're going to need all hands on deck. And if a couple of these guys can't go, i.e. a Justin Pugh, they're going to have to look to chip that left side because that's the side that uh, what Aaron Donald's going to be coming from. Well, let's flip it around now. And Arizona, in terms of their pass rush, has created some of the most havoc of any team in the National Football League. As you kind of apportion the uh, credit for that, how much is having Chandler Jones back? And similarly, how much of an impact has the other 99 in this game, J.J. Watt, had in Arizona? You know, J.J. Watt's doing a great job of, of pushing the pile and being effective as far as run blocking. Um, he pushed the pot a little bit with Trevor Lawrence last week against Jacksonville. But, yes, you look at Chandler Jones, and here's a guy that's you know, possessed. Obviously, there's some, there's some um, uh, ulterior motives for him to have a great year and maybe get that extension. But i got to tell you what, what Vance Joseph is doing with, as a defensive coordinator for this Cardinals, he's bringing a lot of different blitz packages. He's doing a lot of different stunts. But a guy that's really coming to age is Isaiah Simmons at linebacker, you might put him on the edge. J.B. and DeMarco, he's played four or five different possessions, positions in a game. And those are some of the things when you look at all that he's done, he has really done some things with that defense to move guys around. Only problem with his defense is you've got a lot of guys in that secondary. Four out of your five leading tacklers have been in the defensive backfield. So they're going to definitely have to shore that up. But this pass rush, these blitz packages that Vance Joseph is bringing um, are complicated. But the guy that I really feel, guys, Jordan Hicks, who is the starter over Zayvon Collins, the number one pick, he's the quarterback, and he's the guy that's really been settling in and keeping this defense from allowing the, the big play, so to speak, over the top. 
Manute, sure do appreciate the preview of Rams and Cardinals coming to SoFi Stadium this weekend. Glad we can uh, make appearances on each other's programs. Looking forward to round two. JB, DeMarco, my pleasure. Please give uh, Bryce Perkins my absolute best. And like I tell these guys, tell him no slacking and Cadillacing from Manute. <laughs> We continue with the Rams All Access. DeMarco Farr getting a kick out of that close. Oh, slacking and Cadillac. I'm going to use that tonight. What stands out to you about the points we touched on there in terms of reacting? Oh, you know, it's funny. Uh, those linebackers. Uh, I, I do. I like Arizona's linebackers. Do you remember a, a early 90s Saints linebacking core they called the Dome Patrol? Yeah. Yeah, where they had all four linebackers make the Pro Bowl all at the same time. Uh, this group kind of reminds me of the embryo stage of that i'm I like thinking of Isaiah's. an era where four linebackers would get enough playing time all at once to earn those honors this is well i don't know how long this is going to go in arizona but i think this group of any group in the nfl actually has a chance uh chandler jones off the edge is bringing the pressure uh zavin collins is a guy that's a sure tackler i like isaiah simmons and he's right number nine lines up everywhere Inside, outside, he he backs up. He can play coverage. He can he can blitz. He's pretty good versus the run. I mean, and Marcus Golden is a guy that's that's always been solid. So that's a really good group of linebackers in Arizona. Look at what uh, the strength of this defense is. It really is impacting the opponent's passing game. Uh, DVOA sixth overall on defense, but it's three against the pass, nineteenth against the run. And to me, it's almost the uh, the exact opposite of the Bucks defense that the Rams faced last week. The Buccaneers were down. Sean Murphy bunting. Uh, their nickel. Uh, he was injured in week one. They lost another corner, Jamel Dean, early in the contest against the Rams. And I think Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford were inclined to attack them through the air to begin with. This might be, I'm not going to call it a run-heavy approach, but this might be the first game all season where you'd say, you know what? Let's test these guys up front. Let's see how stout they are. Let's see how physical and intense they want to be today before we even take our shot. Fair. I, you know, look, Minnesota ran the football on them 177 yards. I mean, they have Dalvin Cook. That's different. Uh, he's special. But if you watch that video, he, they were getting the edge at will. Uh, he was taking handoffs and, you know, attacking the line of scrimmage on, at, on full speed. So they were getting hat on a hat and moving people. And then Jacksonville ran for a buck 59. So, yeah, uh, if you're Sean McVay, I guess the game plan would be make them have to waste Buda Baker in the run game. Help out. You I have like to that. bring that eighth guy down and then expose that secondary to play action. But, yeah, I think you'll have success moving the football on the ground versus the Cardinals. Byron Murphy, another member of that secondary, coming off a two-interception plus a touchdown game against Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville. Of course, a lot of it, I think, is impacted by whether or not Daryl Henderson is back and good to go this week. Missed last week against the Buccaneers with a rib injury. But let's say he is healthy. If not this week, but when he is healthy. I can see a really nice compliment now in this stable of backs because, you know, not that he's Dalvin Cook, but in terms of who can exploit that edge, like you just described, Daryl Henderson is that guy more so than Sony Michelle. But Michelle, has he been stood up or driven back yet this season? I mean, he he falls forward, he drives through contact every single carry yeah. he gets. I mean, he is the ultimate game icer in, in a way that I maybe didn't appreciate before he arrived in Los Angeles. Two yards becomes four. Four becomes six when Sony Michelle has a football. I, I like that little inside jump cut he does, too. I mean, he can take one from three and a half to, to five or six, and then, like you said, he falls forward. I've seen him go backwards, but not just on one guy. It's been gang tackling. I sure. mean, he's a guy that's been breaking tackles. So, I love it. It, it keeps defenses guessing because it keeps us guessing. I thought Jake Funk was the starter. He took a carry, and then it became the Sony Michelle show. So when you bring Daryl Henderson back, when do you insert him, and how do you use him when he's out there? But when Daryl Henderson is in the game, the offense changes because you don't have to sub 
you can just trap a defense on the field and motion him either mm-hmm. direction and punish. So there's so many different answers for for Sean McVay through Matthew Stafford to attack, attack a defense depending on which running back is back there. The other thing is I'll say about all three of them, Funk being a rookie and Daryl Henderson being unproven, at least to my eye in this regard, I did not think they'd be as reliable and pass pro as they are. And Sony Michelle comes in and, and he brings a New England te- temperament to him and he's had the job of protecting Tom Brady. So I get it that he's trained for this, but he sawed a Tampa Bay corner blitz in half last week yeah i mean it, it, it's really impressive how the rams can basically just play protection with five plus a running back and that leaves four of your eligibles to go attack defenses well you look i've been a part of football teams where you have special quarterbacks and when you have a guy like matthew stafford that can bring you to a place to where you haven't been to championship land it's ultra important to protect him. So I guess what I'm trying to say is when you have a quarterback like him, you're going to be letter perfect in protection because the last thing you want to do is miss a guy and then let somebody tag him and derail the whole thing. So, yeah, it's ultra important to protect him. So, But all three guys have done a great job of really putting their nose in there yes. and going hard and stoning guys. That's the stuff I love to see. You don't have to be letter perfect in terms of you know stopping a guy in his tracks. Just, yeah. But if you're willing – your quarterback's aware, and he'll take care of the rest. Exactly. Yeah. Just don't miss a guy. Yeah. All right. Still to come on Rams All-Access, we will go around the division. For the first time this season, NFC West games between contenders. Seattle, desperate as they travel to San Francisco, plus the latest on our playoff eliminator game. DeFar, get ready. I'm going to get greedy this week. Okay, go for Just it. Just be forewarned. <laughs> Glad you're with us on 710 ESPN. Final segment of Rams All-Access. This is where we go around the division. And DeMarco, for the first time this year, we can really talk about the the division for the first time the nfc west goes head to head of course our game at sofi stadium three and cardinals three and rams but also a desperate one and two seahawks group going to san francisco with the 49ers coming off their first loss what a thriller that was on sunday night football against aaron Rodgers and the packers wow i i i, I didn't well i guess you, you can't rule out green bay in anything they do but um that still surprised me a little bit i, I thought san francisco would have I thought San Francisco San Francisco had arrived. Did you? I thought they had hit their stride. I thought this is where they hit the power band and start rolling off some wins, some big wins, and start to challenge the Rams. I felt like they were the biggest challenger to the Rams, yeah. yes. And then when Garoppolo took them down the field for a potential game-winning touchdown, I thought, okay, maybe he has bought himself right. some margin. What was the second thing you thought? He left Aaron Rodgers too, too much, much time. time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Uh, so, I mean... Look, there's no shame in losing to Aaron Rodgers. Um, There's no shame in losing to the Green Bay Packers. And San Francisco played well. So it's a loss. Yes, it helps the Rams. Yeah, but look at that film again before you start to count out the 49ers. Who should the Rams be rooting for this week? Seattle to take a third loss or San Francisco to put both teams at 2-2? and Me, Seattle. Uh, you rid rid your life of Seattle as soon as as humanly possible. All right, so you want San Francisco. If you're you're putting yourself in Rams fans' shoes – Get Seattle to one and three. Yes. Even though you're going there next, you want to face a cornered animal in uh, Thursday night football? I, it, it does not matter when you face Seattle or how you face Seattle. Fair. It's always going to be a barn burner. So, But if you can put Seattle, put Seattle as far behind you as possible, really. I mean, if you can create some space between you, Pete Carroll, and Russell Wilson, so be it. You can go nose-to-nose with San Francisco. Hmm. They out-physicaled you. They, they beat you. They still have your number, so to speak, but... 
I would rather be rid of Seattle before San Francisco. Arizona and L.A. this week, along with San Francisco and Seattle. Then next week, the Niners and the Cardinals and the Rams on a short week against the Seahawks. We're going to know a whole lot more about this NFC West in about two weeks' time. All right, let's get to our latest edition of the Playoff Eliminator game. A quick recap. DeMarco and I are drafting teams that we think are out of it. We're haters. We're fading them. (laughs) We're saying they're done. So far, DeMarco has drafted the Jets and the Giants. He's all in on New York. They're a collective 0-6. Boy, the Giants, though, they nearly got Atlanta. They were edged by the Falcons, and now DeMarco's got them at 0-3, and they're going to New Orleans next. The Saints back in the suit. That that looks like a great pick. (laughs) I'm feeling all right about my selections as well so far. I have the Lions at 0-3, although, my goodness, Jared Goff has played about as well as any quarterback without a win so far. And the Colts at 0-3 Does he as have a win well. without McVay yet? No. Not yet. Okay. Uh, and Sorry, I didn't no, mean to bring that No, up. That's, that's quite <laughs> all right. Uh, and they've got one and two Chicago this week. So oh boy. there's another okay. opportunity after the Bears put up less than 50 yards of offense in Justin Fields' debut. Do I have that correct? Wow. See, for all those people, start Justin Fields. Start. Ju- this is what happens when you start a rookie quarterback. Mm. See? You almost lost him forever. All right, DeMarco, I realize I made... I made a mistake last week. I I put my full scouting report out there for you. I let you know exactly where my mind was at. And this week, I'm going to play it closer to the vest. I'm just telling you that I am inclined to be greedy. Okay. That I'm inclined to take more than one team. So, if it's all right with you, I'm going to start with 0-3 Jacksonville. I've waited long enough. Okay, fair. Yeah. I know they're playing tonight, and I'm not convinced. <laughs> You're breaking glass. I'm not. I'm not convinced that Burrow and the Bengals are for real, but I like it enough that I want to get the Jags before you do, before they potentially fall to 0 and 4. So I am going to move the Jags into my bucket. I like it. Um, wow, I had a chance to finally watch them watching the Cardinals, and I get it. Uh, it's going to take some time for them to become a even good football team. So yeah, that's a good one. Um, so I can I pick one, you, or, or I can stand pat. You absolutely can, can or I, you can stand pat. Can I add one to the uh, to my coffers? Then let me add the Atlanta Falcons. Let me add the Atlanta Falcons. To Even that. coming off a win, yes, and at home this week against Washington. Let me let me add the Atlanta Falcons to that mix. No way they make the playoffs. Well, so I had my eye on that NFC East game as well. And, yeah. and part of your thinking has to be Dallas now looks solid enough right. that they're going to take care of the East, you would think. Mow down, And then yes. you're just betting on that being a one-playoff team division. That's it, yes. Okay, so Atlanta into DeMarco's I'm still not sure which team it's going to be, but it's not going to be Atlanta. Yeah. Then I'm going to – I told you I'm going to get greedy. Okay. The Houston Texans at one and two go to Buffalo, and I'm pretty sure that Buffalo is sending them to one and three. So I'm going to stay in the AFC South, and I'm claiming the Houston Texans. This is good. I like this game. This is fun. In my playoff eliminator. This is fun. Okay, so I've got four teams. You've got three. And for the benefit of our audience, this is not just a free-for-all. Otherwise, we would just be drafting all 32 teams and taking our chances (laughs) this week. There's there's a limit on this, and the limit is if you pick a team and that team finds a way into the playoff field, and we've only played three games, you're cooked, you're done, you're out, you cannot win. 
So you got to be careful. You got to go be willing to go close to the edge, but not over it. I, I think I'm close, but I so, like it. So you're welcome to take another team, nope, or you or you can say I'll have the first pick next week I'll when have I have the, more information. Then I'll have the first pick next week. Okay, so Demarco settles on the Jets and the Giants, still winless. Atlanta coming off its first victory and home to Washington. I'm now on Detroit, Indianapolis. And man, I've, I guess I've got everyone but Tennessee in the in the AFC South. So Tennessee, be right, be right. And wow. you know the other thing that I didn't realize is that's the crossover division with the NFC West. So if I'm over here banging the drum like, oh, the NFC West is the best division in all of football, then I guess it makes sense to bet against the correct the AFC I thought, South. See, I thought you were doing that on purpose. Well, I like it. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe unintentionally on purpose. <laughs> Final thought on Arizona undefeated, Los Angeles undefeated as we look ahead to Sunday at SoFi. Well, the thing I'll caution people, I, I've said this before. Uh, look, the title does not change hands in week three. It was great that you beat Tom Brady. It was great to have all the celebs out. Now, guess what? Now go beat Arizona. And it's going to be even tougher because, look, Arizona's looking at you like this is the biggest game of their lives. They haven't beat you in forever. And Kyler Murray looks pretty good. So this is going to be a tough out for anybody. So last week was last week. This week is this week. Let's go get a win. The Rams don't have to win the NFC West to get to where they're trying to go. I know it's not the ultimate prize, and I think they've shown us that they're capable of getting there by any route necessary. But I want to see them win the West. I want them to take that honor into next season. As good as this nice. division is, and as much as I think it's going to be a factor for many years to come, I think it's time to take that flag back. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I want another hat. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not not just NFC champions and maybe Super Bowl champions, but let's start with let's, NFC West yes, hats. Yes, let's get a collection going here. What a uh, badge of honor that would be, uh, given the prowess of San Francisco, Seattle, and now undefeated Arizona coming to SoFi Stadium. It's another undefeated showdown in Inglewood. We hope you'll join us for our pregame coverage starting at 11 a.m. here on 710 ESPN. For DeMarco Farr, I'm JB Long. This has been Rams All Access.